Ladies and gentlemen and ACL doctors around the world, what a week. And you can say that with the utmost enthusiasm, but at the same time with the respect for the livelihoods that these people put on the line, granted for millions of dollars, but still the amount of physical pain that they have to go through, torn ligaments and sinew, well, football must continue and with that so does fantasy football so in our league the winners we have mary's marauders with 144 over 114 over cfl johnny squad who's now at 0 and 2 and in 11th place mary's marauders now has a record of one and one annex lad is remains undefeated with a 149 victory over the d-town titans came in hot his first week in the league, won that game. And 137 would have beaten one of the, uh, would have beaten Puckhead, which was the lowest scorer, scorer of the remaining teams. So even though 137 was the best among the losing teams, it, it's reason to hold your head up high. Let me put it that way. So one and one, still early in the season, but a very respectable number, even in a loss. Uh, speaking of respectable numbers, we have two teams that scored over 160 points, Stimulator and T-Bone. They didn't face each other because that would have been devastating. I've had to do that many a time where you score 150, 160, 170. The other guy scores 171 and you realize that you're doing prices Right rules and it's just not fair. But championship bound, Sean 191.46 points. Oh my goodness. Quijibo, I mean, how do you, your jaw must drop. Now, 106 points, keeping it above 100 always gives you a chance. Take it to 100, keep going as much as you can. Now, Quijibo and Big J49 are both had 103. Uh, one had 103, one had 106, so they were both over 100. But if you look at the losing squads, uh, McCaffeinated and Fight On, they did not reach 100 points. And really, the only way that one of them would have won were would they be facing each other this week. Championship Bounds victory over Quijibo puts them both at 1-1. One one. Puckhead's victory over Big J, big, big victory over Big J, puts them both at 1-1. One one. But last year's... Uh, or two-year-ago champion, Stimulator, still undefeated, beating last year's champion, putting him at 1-1. One one. Stimulator in first place, McCaffeinated at ninth. Currently, Stimulator does rank highest, or among the highest in terms of points for, with 292 points total. Championship Bound is the only one above him with 324. A lot of respectable numbers here. 269 points scored by T-Bone so far. But on, among the bottom half, from 7th place and below, you know, 1 and 1 records and the 2 0 oh and 2 records, we have a few we have one underneath 200 points. But for the most part, you'll see them between 209 and 211, except for Big J at 246. Now, as of right now, the parity is real. Everyone in seventh place and below is under 250 points. Everybody in sixth place and above is over 
250 except for Annex Lad. Currently has the weakest uh, points against schedule. So his 241 points is still giving him two victories. He just happens to be playing the, uh, the lowest scoring teams every week. So luck, skill, whatever gets you to the playoffs, my man. So yeah, Stimulator beats McCaffeinated. T-Bone beats Fight On. T-Bone now at 1-1, one one, Fight On at 0-2 and, and in 12th place. This week saw quite a few players receiving yards over 100, including Mike Evans. Welcome back to that club, my friend. Terry McLaurin, Julian Edelman, who almost did it twice. Calvin Ridley, who went over 100 yards and then scored twice. And then Stephon Diggs, 153 yards, a bomb, a touchdown. It's a fantastic thing to see. The only person in the top five, even the top six, who did not reach 100 yards was Tyreek Hill. One yard short of 100. But when you get a 40-yard-plus touchdown reception, you kind of don't need the yards if you get the bonus points. Either way, you're going to succeed for your team. We did have a few people score, and even a few that had bombs that are not in the top five. For example, 92 yards to DJ Metcalf with the score. Uh, Claypool with 88 yards in the score. John Brown, 82 yards in the score. So Stephon Diggs, even though the 153 was on there, wasn't the only one producing for the Buffalo for the Buffalo Bills. Odell Beckham, we all really enjoyed that game just to see him return to form. The numbers aren't really what you're looking for for Odell anymore. You just know after seeing his first couple of seasons, the electricity that he brings to the game. We all still remember the catch. And there have been similar catches before and similar catches afterwards, but we all associate the one-handed over the back really difficult high technique with Odell Beckham Jr. And it's good to see that coming back with him because we know that inspires others. They say, if he can do it, I can do it. I will practice that. And then they put what they practice into play. Now, Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 92 yards, a score, really, really impressive stuff. And then I believe he also had 49 return yards, which in this league does grant him a little bit of a boost. We did have a scoreless person go over 100 yards, and that's on Puckhead's team. DJ Moore, 120 yards, getting him 100, 14.16 uh, points. So good for him on that. We had a few others in the 100 club. Uh, for example, on Sean's team, the highest scoring team of the week, uh, Amari Cooper got 100 on the dot, uh, no score, but 140-yard-plus reception, so one bomb, and that got him up to 12.39 points. The parity really is what I look for when it comes to ranking a tight end, since I can't do a tight end premium with these Yahoo settings. So we're looking at... 15 points and above. 11 players got on um, 11 wide receivers. Because I'm just on wide receivers right now. 11 wide receivers got 15 or above. 
And starting with DJ Moore, like I said, 120 yards, but no score. Got him at 14.16. So right at the cusp. But we have 11 players. And of those, Stimulator is one that had two people, wide receivers, in those top 10 with Odell Beckham and Stephon Diggs, the leader of the week, with 20, almost 25. He was 0.9 points away from 25 fantasy points. Uh, C.D. Lamb, it's good to see a lot of Dallas receivers on here. In fact, A.J. Cooper, A.J. Cooper, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, both at 12.3 points for Dallas, which just goes to show you what uh, Prescott's up to over there. Now, Tyler Lockett is on here as well, 67 yards in the score. And even being a Patriots fan, I've never hid that. You know, I've always said that there are certain teams that I like. But even within them, there is a hierarchy. This year, Tennessee Titans. I'm telling people they're going 13-3. and three. They are going to demolish. And I don't know how far they're going in the playoffs. It really depends on the style of the people going against them. But, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, especially with the expanded playoffs in real-life football this year. That's going to be exciting to see. It's really going to be a matter of how many injuries they can withstand. But... That'll come in a little a later date. But I was getting back to seeing Tyler Lockett getting 12 points here. As much as I love the New England Patriots, I love football. And it was amazing to see the Seattle Seahawks, the New England Patriots battle it out. It was quite amazing. And I hope we see more games like that, including this Thursday. I believe Jacksonville and the Dolphins are coming up this Thursday. And that's going to be interesting to watch. Mainly because we're not seeing a lot of big names on those teams that have fallen to the injury bug. Um, Denver on both sides of the ball. Minnesota on defense. Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley. It's just been all sides of football are back. For the good and the bad, we have to take those together in stride. Now, on the running side... The top score of the week with 52 points was Aaron Jones for Green Bay. The Lions allowed him uh, 40 or 68 reception yards, 103 rushing yards. So, uh, I'm sorry, 168 rushing yards and 68 receiving yards. That's a total of 236 yards of production. Three touchdowns, two on the ground, one through the air, and a long run, so 40 yards or above, into the touchdown, getting a bonus for both of those things. 52.45 points. You pick the right running back, and you're going to be happy. 100% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. But the second one, Leonard Fournette, only 86% rostered. Of the top five of the week, he's the only one under 90%. In fact, I'm looking down the list. Until you get to Jarek McKinnon, who's only 22% owned, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 players above Jarek McKinnon, all at least 95% owned, except for Leonard Fournette. But Marys Marauders has him on the roster, 30 points out of him, with 103 rushing yards, 2 scores, a few receptions for 13 yards, just chipping that in there. Alvin Kamara, now that the Saints entire look and feel is different without Michael Thomas. Uh, 
Net Sean championship bound 29.41 points. 79 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 95 receiving yards. Yeah, that'll put a smile on anybody's face. Now I'm looking down the list and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are back to back, 28 and 24 points, ranked four and five on the week in this scoring format. Uh, Kareem Hunt only 95% rostered, but Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, obviously those guys at 100%. Raheem Mostert and James Conner are at 98% owned. And then there was Christian McCaffrey. He was 100% owned going into this week, and who wouldn't want the 101 in most fantasy drafts on their roster, you know? Now the question is, what are you going to do for the next month plus without Christian McCaffrey? Now, thankfully, he didn't. First of all, it's never good that a player goes down. But if they are going, and we're really invested in fantasy football, we can appreciate that they put in the work prior to doing so. And we've seen in years past, first, second play of the game, David Johnson. I remember him. I, he was my one of my first picks one year. Goes into a game, just tests out. He didn't even catch the ball. Boom, out for the rest of the game. And I lost. And you really don't like to feel that, let alone see it. Um, but yeah, Christian McCaffrey put in 59 yards on the ground, two scores, 29 yards through the air. And then bowed out with an injury that speedy recovery, my friend. But then Jarek McKinnon, now that that whole backfield in San Francisco has rustled up a little bit, 77 yards, one on the one touchdown on the ground. And that was enough to get him 21 points. So for the running backs, very different from the other side with the wide receivers. We have and I'm going to include Alvin Kamara because he got 29.4. So I'm going to say he got 30. Leonard Fournette got 30, and Aaron Jones got 52. The rest going down as far as Austin Eckler, you have between the 15 and 25 range for the most part. Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Connor McCaffrey, McKinnon, uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. So that's we're getting to the 20-point range. Robinson for Jacksonville. Welcome to football, my friend. 20 points off your 102-yard ground yards and a score, chipping in 18 air yards. Good for you, my friend. Um, But then you start looking at the middle-round draftees. David Montgomery is paying off, looking like a solid, reliable running back start. Miles Sanders, 95 yards and a score, 36 through the air, chipping in them points for fight on. Chris Carson... Basically, you could just insert Seattle player here and Russell will make sure that you do well. Austin Eckler, a lot of people were worried about his workload with the changing system, changing scheme, and of course, changing quarterback, which again, a new quarterback going into this week because of Tyrod Taylor's uh, rib injury, uh, dislocated cartilage, forced him at least out this one game. But they say once he's ready to go, he'll be back in. Justin Herbert, man, what a showing on your first game, especially about against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, bringing them to a tie game, going into overtime. We're expecting a lot of good things from you now that you've shown us 
that you can deliver. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 63 yards in a score, 8 yards through the air, 15 points. So contributions, but you have to look at that in terms of he was a higher draft capital, especially with the risk of the holdout. And you might think people are expecting more. But the cool thing is Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook are both on Quijibo's team. Uh, call sign K-W-Y-J-I-B-O. Uh, 16 and 15 points. So a combination of 30 points there is going to get you on solid footing with everyone else in the top 25 going all the way down to Deion Lewis, Kenyon Drake, uh, Gibson, and Joshua Kelly, who is actually rostered on uh, Fight on Dreamweaver's team even though he's only rostered in 39% of all leagues. Uh, McCaffeinated has Deion Lewis on his team, 5% rostered. Everybody else on here is in the high 90s. Um, now, in a league that I am in, I was second spot, second overall, 1-0-2. I was hoping that somebody might pivot with the 101 off of Christian McCaffrey, and obviously they didn't. And obviously, I'm glad for that, just going into this week anyway. But in this league, I go up against a friend that I work with, a doctor at the hospital that I work with, and I almost wanted to call him up and pretend to be his proctologist checking up on him. Because in this week, for the 102, just so you're aware, I got Ezekiel Elliott, where most people got Saquon Barkley or even Alvin Kamara. This is a PPR league. But I went with Ezekiel Elliott because in a PPR league, if you're going to still be the best running back, which to me was going to go down to either Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott. And in terms of ADP, I just... Figured Ezekiel Elliott was the closest in the range. So I picked him up. And it's looking pretty good because the guys around me aren't going to be doing that much damage for a while. But yeah, in this game, <clears throat> I'm going to jump over to my... This is the Jacksonville League that I'm in. Even though I'm not in Jacksonville, I'm in actually South Georgia. In this league, two of the people that I work with, I'm in this league through them. Their friend is who runs, manages, and commissions this league. But I drafted Josh Allen and then later on picked up Ryan Tannehill and Jonu Smith. I'm a big believer in the Titans, not only in real life, but also in fantasy football. I have the conundrum of who do I start, Ryan Tannehill or Joshua Allen, only because of the matchup for Tennessee against the dilapidated Minnesota defense. But Josh Allen doing pretty good. My wide receiver two on this team is Stephon Diggs. I'm feeling pretty good. Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. These are names that I read off to you earlier because they were in the top 10 in our league. Slightly different scoring format here. But those are my three wide receivers. Josh Allen is my quarterback. And I did pretty darn well. I did lead the league in scoring this week. With 198.98. Yahoo, come on. 1.02 points for an even 200. Let's go. But I, I led the league this week. And uh, I was almost going to make that call to my friend. Record it and put it here on the podcast. 
I'll check to see the legality of that, and I'll get back to you guys later. Yeah, Josh Allen got me 42 points. McLaurin and Diggs and DJ Moore got me at least 20. Diggs almost getting me 30. Ezekiel uh, Elliott, baseline 22 points. Now, he had Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley doubling up on the Giants playmakers for a total of nine. Good for you. He also had Emmanuel Sanders. A lot of people thought, well, the Saints are a passing team. Michael Thomas is out. Next man up. That's not always the case. Emmanuel Sanders got him 2.8 points. One reception, 18 yards. Now, I was worried because he has Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson got him 20 points. But in this league, 20 points isn't a trail burner. He was actually projected to get 30. But 204 passing yards, one touchdown, 54 rushing yards. A respectable day. But I had Josh Allen, four touchdowns, 417 passing yards, 18 rushing yards. Get off me. Jonu Smith, I put him in there because in this league, there's the top tight ends and then there's everybody else. And for me, if I'm going to pick a everybody else tight end, I'm going with one that I believe in. And apparently Jonu Smith believes in me too. Uh, I also had Kenyon Drake, which we're going to see as his workload is increasing. He didn't reach his projection, but like I said, I got 198 points total. I think I'm all right. Going back. To the next gen football league. Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon's in this list, getting 15 points, and good for all of you. So you notice here in the top 25, you're gonna you're gonna have higher scores, but they're also within each other in terms of the wide receivers and the running backs. So losing out on the wide receiver doesn't mean you're gonna lose your week. The right pick for your team, if you see two or three out of the four on your team here in the top 25 on both these lists, you should be okay unless one of your opponent's wide receivers or running backs are in the top five. But making the right decisions is what's going to matter. And how many people are going to expect Jordan Reed 50 yards and two scores at the tight end position? 16 points right there. No one. He was 7% rostered. Jonu Smith, my guy, 68% rostered. Mike Gesicki, another one of my guys. If you look into last year, I have had him rostered and started more weeks than any other, anyone else who picked him up and had the ability to use him. 67% rostered. And this past week, both owned by Stimulator, by the way, nice, 21 points for each of them. So while they would have only ranked in the top 15 in terms of wide receiver, they were ranked two and three on the tight end after Tyler Higby and his 54 yards and three touchdown performance. So good for you, Tyler, by the way. A lot of uh, a lot of pun names I can think of for you. Hig three, Tyler, good stuff. I like that. But yeah, his 22 points would have been top 20, top 15 in terms of wide receivers. So while it doesn't necessarily translate, having the best tight end doesn't necessarily translate to having a productive member on your team, it felt good for me because John Smith, I believe in you in real life. 
Thank you for producing for me in fantasy. Now, a lot of people on the tight end list weren't even rostered. Who would have thought, first of all, Uzama got nine points and he's still, what, top 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. He's number 11. Uzama. And Tyler Eifert is underneath him and scored. After that, you've got Tanyan in Green Bay with uh, 25 yards and a score. But basically, you've got Mo Ali Cox, so 111 yards, is the only one on this tight end list worth naming who didn't score a touchdown. Schultz for Dallas. Mo Ali Cox is above him because of yardage, but he got 88 yards and a touchdown, and they were within one point of each other. Noah Fant, 57 yards and a score. Kelsey, 90 yards and a score. Reed, two scores. Hayden Hurst, uh, 72 yards and a score and a long bomb. So, yeah, Gasecki and, of course, Darren Waller. Good for you, my man. 100 yards and a score. That's what I call contributing to your team. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are fun to watch because I got into caring about them as a team when Derek Carr came into the league. So seeing him be an efficient and effective quarterback makes me want more out of this team. And then I got caught up in the John Gruden hype. I'm not going to lie. I like the guy. I like his attitude. I don't know how he's, as a coach, like if he were my coach, how I would feel about him. But you can't dispute that contract. And you've got talent on the team as long as you've got good tight ends. Beyond that, we'll see what happens. Because Ruggs is going to be at least serviceable. We'll see how he develops. Anyway. With that, like I said, I always try to, at least one game this week, highlight it by throwing Madden into this whole mix. So let me switch over to my Madden stats for the Madden representation game of the week. This week in the Madden representation of our fantasy football game of the week, we had Big J49er once again represented And this time it did reflect the fantasy football score against Puckhead's team. With Puckhead, we had Matthew Stafford throwing 13 out of 17 passes completed. A very efficient day for 227 yards, one touchdown, one interception. On the other side, Jared Goff, 196 yards on 22 completions out of 33 attempts. No interceptions, but still only one touchdown. So the biggest difference maker was in the running back positions. Joe Mixon for Puckhead went 11 times for 34 yards, but two scores. Josh Jacobs, 64 yards on the ground on 10 attempts, a much higher average, but only the one score. And at the end of the day, those numbers are going to make the biggest difference. They also did work in the receiving game. Joe Mixon, one catch for 11 yards. Josh Jacobs, nine catches, 46 yards. The leading receiver on Puckhead's Madden representation team was actually the fourth stringer, uh, Jason Wims, four catches for 49 yards. And then you saw DJ Moore, three catches, 66 yards. Uh, Smith Schuster, three catches, 68 yards. He had the touchdown reception. 
uh, for Matthew, from Matthew Stafford. Uh, Ian Thomas and Tyler Higby each had one catch. Ian had 36 yards. Higby had two. The number after one. Big J, his receiving squad after Joe Mixon, who was the leading receiver, saw Terry McLaurin haul in six catches for 73 yards. Dallas Goddard with three catches, 31 yards. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Again, this is uh, the fourth, fifth string. Because what I've done was I went to the Philadelphia team because that's his defense. And from there, I replaced the wide receiver one with Devontae Adams, the wide receiver two with Terry McLaurin. I'm using it to the representative of his team here. And I also fixed the depth chart, which you have to do manually after you do all these trades on these rosters. Um, But even so, you have Devontae Adams, you have Terry McLaurin. The flex spot in his case was Will Fuller, who that means he's also on the team listed as the third wide receiver. He also had uh, Hayden Hurst. So I put in those two as tight ends. One of them, the backup tight end, would then fall into the fullback position. So I also look at the bench players here. Christian Kirk was another wide receiver. So with all of that, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, again, a leftover from the Eagles team, although he's not on Mark's fantasy football squad, the other guys just weren't in the game. Hayden Hurst had one catch for 10 yards. And so did Devontae Adams. Um, I just really enjoy having it on in the background and looking every once in a while and just going, oh, that was actually a pretty good play. And it's really nice that at the end of the day, the fantasy football score showing Puckhead as the winner was also reflected if you turn these teams into Madden competition. Man, so as much fun as that was, I apologize for the delay. I knew I was going to try to get the second half of my predictions in on Saturday. Um, But this is actually not the only speaking thing that I do. I also train and tutor people in improv comedy. And I am the president of the Toastmaster chapter here in my location. Uh, And there was a competition last week on Thursday for table topics that I qualified for previously that I won I was the, out of the four qualifiers, I now qualify for the next step. And put it this way, if I win, I believe it's five more competitions, I then have the ability to compete for best table topics presenter in the world. It sounds simpler than it is, but at the same time, that possibility is not completely out of the realm of accomplishments that I might be able to add to my resume. But with that, I I did have to devote a little more time than I thought to certain preparations. Just know that any prediction that I hadn't made yet, I made the right ones, of course. But this go around, it's really going to be a matter of what people do in response to the injuries because it's not just that you lose a running back in Christian McCaffrey it's that you lost your your number one overall draft pick which means you're going to go from something that was perceived to have a high quality 
to something else. Uh, we've already seen some drops. Uh, Benny Snell and Saquon Barkley were dropped. Uh, Johnny dropped Benny Snell. And, you know, Cam Show really didn't have any reason to hold on to Saquon. He's on IR. He's out for the year. Um, Jordan Howard was dropped by Quijibol. Uh, picked up Daryl Henderson. Nice job. We're going to see how that backfield develops now with Cam Akers kind of not underperforming. You know, he's a rookie and he's got other people around him, but trying to find his way amongst those. Jarvis Landry was dropped for Logan Thomas by Fidon. Sammy Watkins was dropped. You know, you had that week one performance from last year. Basically, Sammy Watkins is a walking bullet point resume person. Because nobody, everybody can look at him and go, he's not going to contribute this week, this week, this week. But the reason that the possibility is 1% or 2% is because every once in a while he goes off. And you just you want to be part of it when it happens. More likely than not, it's not going to happen to you. It's a lottery pick. Uh, Gaskins was picked up by T-Bone in fa- over Carrion Johnson. Uh, Paris Campbell, who's now on IR, was dropped for Jarek McKinnon. Very for a two dollar waiver, I've got to commend you on that, Kevin, for getting ahead of the curve. Uh, whereas McCaffeinated, man, he dropped Peyton Barber and picked up Dion Lewis for fifteen dollars. We're gonna see if that pays off or not. I'm really interested in the Giants' backfield, not for fantasy purposes, but just to see how they respond to losing Saquon. It seems that Devonta Freeman is gonna get a contract. They have Wayne Gallman, who has stepped into Saquon's role in the past when Saquon is out. And you have different things going on there. It's going to be interesting. BJ, Big J 49er picked up DeAndre Swift for $2 on the uh, 20th, which was Sunday, which was a good pickup for a cheap price. I think a lot of people were looking at the highlight of him Possibly winning the game and then literally dropping it in the end zone. A lot of people feel that hurt. And they look at their fab and they go, what is the value of this pain to me? And really, you have to be looking at the the fab like, how much am I willing to pay to win this thing? And you have to sort through all of the... Insert your own word for that here. But we've had a few different... Uh, I, I, I really wish I could talk to Championship Bound. Answer me this, buddy. Last Saturday, you dropped Chris Thompson, that part I understand, to pick up Michael Perrin, Jets running back. Uh, were you taking your shot since Le'Veon Bell is out? And that's... I, I want to know what your sources were to drive you to make that decision. Because if it hits, I want to have that resource in my arsenal going forward. Um, Russell Gage was dropped for Emmanuel Sanders, and I, I bet that doesn't feel good for Cam Show this time around. Uh, Scotty Miller was actually picked up, and Devonta Freeman was dropped by the D-Town Titans last week on the 17th. And although that was done for a $0 bid... We're going to see how much it costs if he wants to reverse course. 
for example, Russell Gage, like I mentioned earlier, was dropped for Emmanuel Sanders for $3, but Russell Gage was originally picked up for $2, which makes Emmanuel Sanders a $5 investment. Things like that, they add up. Darius Geis was dropped for a dollar to pick up Boston Scott by the D-Town Titans. That's probably a great move. We'll see how that turns out. If the Eagles find their way in terms of offensive capability, that might turn out to be a great move for a dollar. You know, the Denver defense was dropped in favor of Washington. That I understand. But did you really want to spend $2 on the Washington team defense? Eh. Um, but then Paris Campbell was picked up for $2 in order to drop Chris Herndon. And now Chris Herndon might be a little more appealing. And obviously Paris Campbell's on IR. It's those things that over time make a difference. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was dropped by... Kevin in favor of Corey Davis for $2. Joshua Kelly was only a $2 investment. You make these decisions to win your week. And hopefully by the end of everything, it's made to win the league. Not a lot of competition in terms of uh, waiver choices. I mean, I'm going back and it looks like if you put a money bid, you were going to win. All the way back to the very first transaction, which was dropping Matt Gay and picking up the Washington defense on September 7th, back when football started this year. Jerry Judy was only picked up for $2. That was a good move right there. But we have more football coming up. I'm going to be interested to see how people react, respond, adjust, adapt. What I'm going to hopefully do with the next episode is go over my dilemmas in the other leagues and let you know what the outcomes are after transactions process. Because although I'm in good standing, I mean, I just read off my team in the Jacksonville League. I'm in I'm fine, but I'm constantly in motion. I'm like Marshawn Lynch. He can do a lot of evasive maneuvers using power. But at the same time, his legs never stop moving. So the same thing. I, for example, I have Kennedy, Kenny Galladay on my team, and I have Scotty Miller on my team. I'm probably going to drop Scotty Miller now, and I'm going to have to take Kenny Galladay out of my IR. I've got Devontae Parker. I've got Cam Akers. I've got Jalen Rager, who now might be a valuable producer. And I've got Keenan Allen on my bench. Did I mention that my wide receivers were Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs, and DJ Moore? I have Keenan Allen on my bench. I have Devontae Parker on my bench. Now, granted, this is a three wide receiver league, so wide receivers are at a premium. These guys are on my bench. I drafted really well. I've got to give myself a little bit of credit there. I mean, Devontae Parker, 16 points in this league. That's above the mean. So... I'm going to have to try to bolster my running back core, which has Ezekiel Elliott and Joe Mixon and Kenyon Drake. Cam Akers is there. Jalen Rager is Jalen Rager is there. Those guys might develop into pieces, and I can wait on those because of the other work that I've put in. So while I can sit pat and sit pretty, I can also continue to attack. And that suits my style a little more. I've always been the active. If there's somebody on my waiver that will 
if I'm set this week, I'll go ahead and look on to next week or I'll go ahead and look forward to the bye weeks and pick up somebody who can contribute then. So I might do go ahead and start looking at that now. I'll report back when there's something to report and we shall go from there. As always, have fun and pigskin on, people. <laughs>